Hey everyone, I want to thank you for joining me as we continue our stroll through the strange Paradiso. Things are strange and getting stranger by the day. Actually, they're getting stranger by the hour. Um, I want to start today's episode veering off of our path a little bit because um, many of you who have been with me for a while know that I am a horse racing fan. I look forward to horse racing season, to the Derby, to the Belmont, to the Preakness. I look forward to all of that. I love going to uh, Santa Anita, Del Mar. I just um, really enjoy the races. Well, I was at the market earlier today and I noticed that this year, is the 50th year, the anniversary of uh, Secretariat winning all three of those races and becoming the Triple Crown winner. Um, that was a little before my time, the whole Secretariat thing. But uh, since then, it seems to me that Colleen Secretariat a horse is like just not enough this this was a super horse if you haven't seen the movie secretariat and you want like a feel-good type of uh, movie you need to watch it it is really something or if you want to read about it just the time this this super horse i mean just unbelievable I don't know a whole lot about um, the horses down through the years and things like this, the other Triple Crown winners. I um, started getting into it a few years ago, so I'm not real well versed on the whole thing. But I know that, of course, there have been other horses that won the Triple Crown. There was a horse, you know, this is a long time ago, I believe. It, it was in the 1920s, named uh, Farlap. And uh, Farlap, people think, people believe, was poisoned. I guess it posed such a threat to other horses as far as its racing capabilities that some believe to this day that Farlap was poisoned. Was he poisoned? I really don't know. I know that there was a movie made about this horse, but um, I have not been able to find it or to get it. I tried. It was uh, one of these things where I guess it's out of print or whatever you call it, so it's difficult to get. If I was able to get it, it would probably be on VHS or something like that. So there's no real way of watching it. I have seen some videos of Farlap on YouTube and things like this, but the actual movie, I have not seen it. One of my clients is actually the one who told me about this horse because she is a big racing fan and uh, she's a little bit older and she knows a lot more than I do about these um, horses. So anyways, I just wanted to share that with you guys if any of you are interested in this but um yeah if you want to see a feel-good movie and it's a true movie 
you need to watch a Secretariat. It's just like the first time I saw it, it's almost like I was at the races because I just wanted to get up and start screaming and, and yelling, even though I, you know, I knew what happened already because uh, it had happened so long ago. But anyhow, um, all right, now let's continue. Let's start walking. So this is something that happened to people who were camping out. They were camping out in an area, actually, in Southern California. I'm not sure how long ago this happened. Sometimes when people are telling me stories and relaying things to me that have happened to them, their experiences and things like this, from their body language, I can see that it's a little disturbing to them. So I often don't press them for too much more. I don't press them for certain details. So um, I'm just kind of gathering that this happened in the 1980s for some reason. They must have said something during their the discussion that led me to believe that this happened in the 80s. So anyways, um, they were on a camping trip and it was in the evening. They were outside. They were just like enjoying the the evening air and things like this. They were tent camping and they had an, uh, a trailer. So it was like a little bit of both. Some of them were in tents and some of them were in the trailer. Later in the evening, once everyone turned in for the night, some in the trailer, some were in their tents, they heard what sounded like a child. And this child would cry out, help, help me. So at first, because everybody is like asleep and then little by little, they started waking up. So the person who was, one of the people who was in the, one of the tents said, we sat up, my brother and I, and we were looking at each other and there were like no other young kids in the group. Him and his brother were the youngest kids. This voice that was calling for help sounded like a young kid. So they just sat there and then they heard some people coming out of the trailer. So then they came out of their tent like, what is that? We're all here. We don't know. It's nobody from our group. So the parents get dressed and they go and get their flashlights. But in the meantime, while they're in the trailer getting dressed, this guy says him and his brother heard rustling in the trees. They heard some of the branches snapping, like something really heavy was sitting on them and they could just hear these things snapping. So when the parents came back out, they said something's snapping these trees, but they said these kind of things happen in the forest. Branches snap all the time. That's why you see them on the ground. Okay. So they started going to see. Now the voice stopped. It didn't call out all the time. It stopped. So they just went looking around the area where they were at. Well, nobody saw anything. And no one... I mean, they didn't because they were like three tents. And he said no one else came out from their tents, just him and his brother. 
So other people in the tents, they had some cousins and stuff, they didn't come out of their tents. They think that they were just probably slept through the whole thing. So anyhow, okay, well, there's nothing out here. We don't hear anything anymore. And as far as they knew, there were probably people around them because it was a camp area. So obviously there were other people around, but they couldn't see anyone. So these sounds we know carry at night. So they just said, that's probably somebody out there that we can't see them and it carries at night because it's so quiet and this and that. So don't worry about it, just go back to sleep. All right, so everybody goes back to their places and they go back to sleep and they hear it again. And this time, they hear like something is running. Something is running and it sounds like it's very heavy. So they sit up, this guy and his brother, the parents come out, the other people come out of their tents. Now everybody is alarmed. What is going on? Because we hear these big heavy footsteps, heavier than a person. Like the person would have had to have been like a giant to make that type of thudding sound. And then they hear it again. Help! So now they've all had enough. Okay, enough is enough. Parents went, got on their shoes, got on everything. Okay, let's go. They started going out, venturing out a little further from their sight with the flash, the flashlights. What they came to was a, he said it was like an arrangement of rocks. And not in the arrangement, but on the outside of this rock arrangement by one of the rocks was what looked like a man. This man, I'm getting goosebumps, was on all fours. And he saw them. And right in front of them, in the child's voice, he said, help me. And then he started laughing. He says, this man, or whatever it really was, he said, I, I, I don't believe it's a man. It was something else. Just looked like a man. It was manifested to look like a man. Started laughing. He said it. He started laughing so loud. It sounded like it was coming from every direction. He said it sounded like he was almost like some kind of a concert hall where the sound just came from everywhere. The laughter. So after they recovered from their shock, they all took off running. And they all got into the trailer. He said, I never saw my dad scared before that or after that. The way his dad was so scared. Everyone was scared. So the next day, they ventured off during the daytime to go and look for this formation. The formation was still there. And there were other people who were out there looking at it. 
So they had a discussion. And apparently, other people heard this laughter and heard certain sounds like the, like the running, the very heavy footsteps. But they didn't go out to go look for anything until the morning. So what has been happening ever since this encounter this person, this guy who um, was there, who witnessed this, has been looking for any type of, um, if anything has ever happened in that particular area. He's been looking for any type of um, events that have happened there even now. He said, if I'm looking for uh, even strange fires, strange things happening there in that area. And every once in a while, there he said there are certain things that will like get his radar up, but nothing that he feels may have uh, anything to do with what happened back then. I know where this area is. I never knew that this was a camp area. To me, it just seems like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a camp area. So it would, if it is, well, I guess it is, but uh, it would be a dry camping because there are no things to hook up to. As far as I know, there are no um, areas there like shower areas or bathroom areas and things like that. I could be wrong. Maybe on the other side there are, but uh, I have never seen anything that leads me to believe that there are any type of amenities in that particular place. Not too far from there, though, and this was a discussion that we had. Not too far from there where this incident occurred, there was a strange fire that happened not too long ago. The only thing is that, I mean, this can be easily debunked. Because the place that burnt down in this fire was actually kind of like a restaurant, but not really like a, a big restaurant, more like a, maybe like a cafe. But still, when you're cooking any type of thing, when you're using any type of heating elements, that could be the catalyst of why this happened, even though it happened during off hours, it happened at night. But once again, that's not proof of anything. So this is something that is being monitored by this person because he said that this was such an intense situation that he just, um, he's like, I don't know, I have a feeling that there's more to it, that other things have occurred there. So as we go along, we will uh, be kept updated about that area but that's been a while ago but the reason I judge that it probably happened in the 80s is because of how old this guy is it's like yeah okay so if he was a kid I'm thinking maybe about you know the way he described the voice maybe he was about eight or nine years old maybe even 10 so that age range you know from like the 1980s so that's why that's where I get my uh my thought of about when this happened
Okay. Now this other thing, and um, this is something that is, um, it's a little difficult for me to talk about only because it's very unsettling and because if this can happen actually to anyone. And I don't want to give too much energy or put too much energy into this particular story, but this is what happened. You know, we talk about people who get so involved in their research and things like this that they almost get to a point of now they've got tunnel vision. They just are living at that moment for the particular thing that they're studying, whether it's mysteries, it's uh, paranormal, it's ufology, whatever it is. They become so immersed in it, they almost can't see anything else. So that is giving so much energy into something. And I understand, I get it. I'm not saying that, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. No, because that's what so many of us do. And we do it, we can't help it. It's like, how are we going to get involved in something and get to the bottom of certain things if we don't become immersed in it? So this is something that it's too difficult, in my opinion, to walk that fine line. It's almost impossible because it's like either you're going to immerse yourself in it and be able to present it to others or you're going to half-ass it. You know, you're going to phone it in and what you're going to have is just a Something that is not going to get anyone's attention. It's not going to get anyone's interest. So I understand this. So this particular thing that happened is um, the individual was studying something to present it later in their um, video. So what happened was they were doing a lot of this research in an area of their house. And when I say that this person was immersed in it, I mean they would be up sometimes till after midnight. And this is a person who had a job, regular job, okay? So it's not like they could sleep until 12 noon and then get up and drink a cup of coffee and walk around in their slippers and then go back and study again. No, this person had to get up in the morning and go to work. So they were burning the candle at two ends or however it people say in this situation. So what ended up happening is just to get to the point, um, I don't, I'm not sure, okay, that I want to talk, okay, this person was looking in to the men in black phenomenon, as well as the black-eyed children and UFOlogy, because somehow this person believed that there was a connection between all of these things as well as perhaps the black-eyed children, black-eyed kids, are actually some sort of hybrid 
entities. All right. So this person went to work, went home, had dinner, just a regular day, took their shower, got cleaned up, and then was going to go into their little study to continue their research. And all, all, not some, but all of the papers that they had written, that they had printed out, and everything having to do with their studies on these things were all over the walls and the ceiling of their study like a big whirlwind had come into that room and got all those papers and plastered them to the walls and the ceiling of that room. Okay, so when this person, you can imagine going into a room and you see this kind of thing and no one has been in there because this room was locked. Because the research that he was doing in there was just so intense. He didn't want anyone coming in and losing anything or moving anything. Didn't want to take a chance. So the door was locked. When he went to go and try to remove the papers from the walls, they came right off. They were not taped or glued or pasted or anything like that at all. So the papers that were stuck to the ceiling shouldn't have been able to remain there because they came right off. So they were they defied gravity as well as the papers on the walls. These things should not have been able to stay attached the way that they were. So after doing that, he got down all the papers, put them in a folder, left the room and locked the door. He said he didn't go back in that room for a couple of weeks because he had to think about what had happened. Was that some kind of a warning? And if it was, what would the next communication be? He was saying, would the next thing have been maybe an encounter with the men in black? With the black-eyed kids? He said he wasn't really too worried about the black-eyed kids or like any type of UFO thing. But the thing that did kind of disturb him was the men in black. Because so many people had been threatened in the past. No one really knows what these things are. No one really knows what they're capable of. Or how they just sometimes seem to appear. Just like out of nowhere. The research did not stop. But it was on pause. It was paused. So... What he was trying to do is just 
a little here and a little there instead of just pouring all his energy into it. And then what he would do is he would get the papers and lock them up in like a file cabinet. After that, after that incident, he said, I locked them up in my file cabinet. So if it were to happen again, he would know that this was something that was otherworldly. Even though what happened, that that uh, incident that happened with the papers all over the walls and stuff was otherworldly. That was bad enough. But when you have something locked in a metal file cabinet, yeah, that would have been something else. So um, that actually happened in 2018. So this... This saw uh, is not over because, because he had to put this on pause and now just do little at a time. And then other things happened that interfered. So he's uh, still not finished. And he said from time to time, he feels a little intimidated for some reason. And I understand that feeling. Actually, there are um, some things that I am, at times, I feel reluctant to look into certain things because you do feel intimidated. And I don't know where it comes from. I just know that that feeling that he describes, I have had that same feeling myself for whatever reason okay so um yeah that is one of the things that um i i know it doesn't happen all the time but um more common are the people who say that they encounter the things that they are researching that is more common than this I actually have only heard something that is similar to this one other time. And um, that is from someone in my family actually had an incident. But it was not like this. They weren't studying or researching anything. Without talk about that later okay I'm gonna write that down so that if I don't have time to talk about it today I will um, bring it up next time on the next episode okay all right so the next thing is um, this is a story about um, these boys back Back in the 1960s, this happened. So they used to live in another state on so many acres. Seems like in the 60s and long time ago, more people lived in rural or farm areas, ranches, or just in the country. It seemed to be more prevalent than it is today. 
so it is said that okay so they lived on so many acres i guess it was like 28 acres so this guy this boy and his friends they made a fort out in the woods on their property so they had their fort out there and they would go hang out in there they would go and eat their lunch in there and just play you know and hang out and they had like a little pond and the ducks would be in the pond or whatever so one night they decide that they're gonna go and spend the night in the fort so since it was on their property it was fine and this was in the 1960s where things were still pretty innocent so they could do that plus all the property was all fenced it wasn't just out there it was all fenced so he says that him and his friends they're out there they have their snacks they've got to have all of the stuff that they don't they weren't usually allowed to have they had their sandwiches they had twinkies and they had cokes he said we weren't usually allowed to have that kind of stuff but it was in the summertime it was on a saturday night and they were out there going to spend the night in their in the fort so they were not asleep they were sitting there and they were just talking eating their junk food and they heard something that sounded like grunts like grunting he said it almost sounded like a pig grunt but it was louder like if it would have been like a bigger pig he said we had never heard a grunt like that before and they didn't have pigs so they all became silent they all stopped talking now their fort was made of wood logs and stuff like that so there were windows but they were just openings there was no plastic no plexiglass no glass nothing like that it was not a solid it was just a cut out window so they look out the window of their fort and in the distance they see something that looked humanoid but the shape was fuzzy he said it wasn't a clear outline it was fuzzy and it was looking in their direction it was standing on two legs when it he said when it saw us it stood up no i'm sorry I can't even read my own writing. When it saw us, it got down in on all fours. Okay, it got down on all fours and started coming towards them. It was not running. It was just kind of like moving slowly towards them. All of a sudden, now this is on their property. This is on this boy's property. There's no street that crisscrosses on their acres. But somehow, all of a sudden, he said they saw a vehicle. And two guys came walking up. 
and they had amber colored flashlights. That thing, whatever it was, had vanished. He said, we don't know where it went because our attention went from that thing to these guys who were walking towards the fort. They walked up towards the fort. They got up to the cutout, the window, and they said, you boys need to go home now. So without asking any questions, even though they wanted to, he's like, man, I wanted to say, who are you guys? And what are you doing with those flashlights? And what are you looking for? How'd you get on our property? And so on. He said, they just got out of the fort and took off running. And he said, one of the guys was yelling at them, hurry up. And then they ran into the house. And they told their parents. Well, of course, their parents didn't believe them. They said, you guys have been watching too much Outer Limits or whatever the heck it was at the time. And, um, or Twilight Zone. And the dad went out there. Well, he couldn't see anything. He didn't see any flashlights. He didn't see two guys. He didn't see a bear or a Sasquatch or a big tall guy. He saw nothing. So he just came in. He wasn't mad at them. He said he wasn't, my dad wasn't mad at us. He just figured we were just a bunch of boys. Maybe we just ate too much junk. Okay, you guys are in for the night and uh, no more going out there tonight. Which was fine with them because he said there was something weird happening out there. So they were fine with not going back in the fort. And then the next day, they get up and they're going to be like, okay, we're going to go out there and we're going to take a look around and see what that thing was or what it might have been. So they all went out there and the dad, the guy's dad went out there too. And what they found were a bunch of footprints. Not only the boys, but they found other footprints from other shoes and different sizes. So there actually were these men out there. He said, you know, it's been so long ago. It could have been two. It could have been three. I don't know. I remember two. He said, but there were footprints out there like shoe prints. And then there was another set of footprints where that, whatever it was, where they saw that shape. But these footprints were different. He said they weren't the footprints like of any type of animal. As a matter of fact, the footprints were just like squares. So it's like, all right, well, maybe those aren't footprints. Maybe that's a print of something else. But it was in the exact area of where that thing had been seen and where it dropped down on all fours. And they all saw it. They all said, yeah, from our fort, that thing happened right there. And that's where those squares are. But the other weird thing was that while there were two squares, when that thing was standing straight up, so when it dropped down on all fours, there were four squares. So what this really was, we'll never know. But instead of any type of shoes or feet, this had squares. Very, very strange. 
I don't know what this could have been. I mean, even if I tried to think, okay, well, maybe it was something that was like got caught in a trap, something like this, that still wouldn't explain this away, what these squares were. And he said, no, this was a humanoid figure. First, it's standing up. Then it drops on to all fours right in that location where there were first the, the two squares. The, there's four squares, yeah. Very strange. And who were these two guys? No one knew who they were. No one had ever seen them before. He said, I couldn't even tell you what they looked like because by the time that this all took place, it was dark. And why did they have an amber-colored light? Very, I mean, mysterious. Unless these things had been tracking, these guys had been tracking this animal, whatever it was. Okay, so that's why they had that color light. Maybe that's the only way that they could get it to show up. I don't know. I've never heard anything like this before. But when I think about it, that's what gets me the most. Yeah, how were they? I mean, okay, they could climb the fence, but still. And he said, yeah, if there was somebody who parked along the fence line, they would have been able to see vehicle lights. Because the fence was not a solid fence. It was just like a chain link fence. He said, yeah, even in the distance at night, you would still be able to see the lights of, of a vehicle. So they only can, the only thing that they can surmise is that, okay, maybe these people were tracking this thing. They found, they followed it there. They parked their vehicle. They climbed the fence. And that color light was the only way that they could see exactly what it was. It couldn't hide or something like that. But how did it know that there were boys? How did they know that there were boys in that fort also? So somebody must have been making noise. Or how would you know? Or maybe they just walked up to the fort and saw those boys and said, uh, you boys need to go home like now. Yeah, strange, uh, but um, there's a lot of strange out there. Okay, so I was going to talk a little bit about reoccurring dreams. This is, uh, you know, I'm, I might save this one for another time because I want to go ahead and talk about the... Um, experience that the person in my family had this is years ago that was uh it's similar it's not like the papers that are plastered to the wall it's similar only because it had to do with papers okay and I have spoke about this maybe uh, two years ago so my this person in my family she had, and I don't know if it was her uncle or her grandfather or whoever it was, and he used to say that he wrote letters to Jesus or, or God. Anyways, that's what he used to tell people. He wrote letters to Jesus, okay? So 
he had like this little room outside. I guess it was like a casita or like a granny flat or something like that. And this is many years ago, guys. So that's what he would always tell people. But they just kind of like would gaff him because I guess they thought he was a little off his being. So I'll just leave him alone. He wants to believe he writes letters to Jesus and Jesus answers him. Okay, that's all fine. Just let him have his way. So this man, when he passed away, and I don't know how this has anything to do with it, but she said, She was driving in her car and all of a sudden there was like as if something very heavy dropped from the sky and hit the trunk area of her car. She said it was like something so like an elephant was dropped on the trunk of her car and it like bounced her car like the back like hit the street and then bounced back up and she got out she pulled over and she was like what was that so she was she pulled over and there was nothing she opened the trunk of her car and she found all of these letters and She looked at one of them and it was like one of the letters that that man had written to Jesus. And she just said, how did this box get in here? Okay, whatever. So she closes the trunk and she's carrying on. Then when she gets home, she gets a phone call from her mom or someone in her family. And they tell her that so-and-so had passed away. The man who was writing the letters. She said, My mom told me that he passed away, I'm just saying, like at one in the afternoon. And then she said, you know what? One in the afternoon is like when that thing happened to my car. Like when something really heavy fell on the back of my car. She said that was like one o'clock. Now, I don't know if there's a connection here. I'm just telling the story. So anyhow, she said, and how did this box of letters get into the trunk of my car. She's like, what am what am I doing with this stuff? So she gets that box and they're going to go into that little casita that he had been staying in. When they got into that casita, she said there were letters all over, stacks and stacks of letters in boxes, just stacks. Of letters that he had written to Jesus. She said, but the strange thing is that there were replies. She said, there were replies to every letter. And it was in a different handwriting. All right. Well, we know that we can write differently. We can print. We can Disguise, you know, we can disguise our writing from time to time. Maybe we want to do different things and this and that. So, yeah, we know that that those type of things can be done. Those are possibilities that he wrote back to himself in a different style of handwriting. But for some reason, it just struck her as being very odd and even a little like um I don't know the word for it but that feeling that you get that maybe 
he really was getting a reply from someone from somewhere type of thing. It seems that perhaps the writing was so different that she at least felt that there was something that was actually communicating with this man. I don't know because um, I'm just telling the story that she told me. And if something was communicating, I mean, what was it? Let's just ask that question. What was it? What was, could it have been really Jesus or was it an imposter? Was it really something from uh, hell? I mean, you know, we got a lot to think about here. So many possibilities to this. I don't know where to go with this. And I'm going to tell you, man, that this story she told me was like so many years ago. And it's just one of those things that stuck in my mind. But uh, I, once in a while, I just think, yeah, who was it that was replying back to him? Even if he was writing and maybe just disguising his writing, or maybe it was some type of automatic writing where people start doing these things, Maybe it was something posing. There are just so many possibilities here that I don't know which avenue to go down. So just uh, some more things to think about. Anyways, that's all I've got for today. I want to thank all of you for joining me. I appreciate all of you. I um, probably won't be back until Monday. But at that time, I'm going to, because I have some, a lot of days, I'll be able to look at things. I'll be able to come back and um, have some good stuff for you when we take our next walk. So I hope that all of you enjoy your day and your weekend. We'll be walking and talking again soon. You can always contact me, maybe underscore Maria at Outlook.com. Once again, thank you for taking time out of your day to come and walk with me. Ciao.